0: 1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome to the Sports Wrap on a Friday. A lot going on. Uh, High school football tonight. Vikings play Sunday night. Playoff baseball going on as well. In case you missed this, Houston Astros back in the ALCS for the fourth straight season. Even without garbage cans, those those guys proving they can be pretty lethal. Sweeping the Twins and uh, eliminating the Oakland A's last night in the ALDS. We're not going to talk about Houston, because that's a downer. We're going to talk about a Vikings win. Joined on the phone now by Joe Johnson from vikingsterritory.com. They just launched a new podcast last night featuring Mike Wabshaw. It's called Three Deep with Wabi. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, Joe, but uh, anything involving Mike Wombshaw going to be good Vikings content.
1: That's um, what I figured. So I... Uh... <laughs> I, I did the full court press. on bringing him in, and we had our first episode last night. We're gonna essentially it's gonna be um, he and I each week with a, like a rotating third guest, someone you know, ex players, coaches, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mike Tice, Chad Greenway. Nice. Uh, so we're we're pretty psyched. But yeah, people can find that uh, first episode on VikingsTerritory.com if they want to check that out today or over the weekend.
0: So the, the first three times we talked this season was was kind of uh, Debbie Downer, Vikings losing their first three games. And then uh, thanks to the, the miracle of uh, instant replay, which has never bit the Vikings ever in the history of their franchise, Vikings beat <laughs> Houston last, last week uh, thanks to that overturned touchdown, the Will Fuller catch, no good. Vikings hang on, get win number one. Uh, which ultimately costs uh, Bill O'Brien his job and Romeo Cornell stepping into that spot, set to be the oldest person to uh, to be the head coach of an NFL team, beating George Halas's like fifty-year-old record or something. I read this morning, Ooh. yeah. So uh, a little yeah, little and fun it stat there. Like he's Been a
1: head coach like a, a lot. He's been around. You know, yeah. he seems to be one of those guys like, like uh, that gets fired and then just gets another job the next day over and over and over again. Norv Turner. Or, or Wade yeah. uh, Phillips, those kind of guys. Yeah,
0: so, they just kind of bounce uh, around.
1: But yeah, things are things aren't going the way the people expected in Houston, and I think uh, o- o- O'Brien will never be forgiven for that trade that he pulled up this off this offseason.
0: Yeah, the uh, the David Johnson for for DeAndre Hopkins that that that's going to go that, that that is that in Herschel Walker territory or not quite?
1: It well, it, it's it's it, the equivalent, I think, in the modern uh, NFL, but like the Herschel Walker thing was just unprecedented because <laughs> it, it was like a, when uh, Ditka traded basically everything for Ricky Williams. Oh, that's another the, one. Yeah, the, they they gave up the Vikings gave up just they gave them their their entire '90s dynasty essentially. Mm. They gave them so many picks it was it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, that was just a, that was a, a head scratcher of a move.
0: Speaking of driving uh, Vikings draft picks, uh, Justin Jefferson having his coming out party these last two weeks. I, I read a, a quote uh, yeah. from his post game last week that said, "I have four games under my belt. That's kind of like my preseason. I'm ready to start playing now." He had 175 oh, wow. yards two weeks ago, uh, over the century mark again last week. Dalvin Cook really, really good. Adam Thielen uh, becoming the uh, I think number four on the Vikings all time list of 100 yard games behind Carter Moss and uh, Anthony Carter. Uh, let's let's spend some time talking about Justin Jefferson and and what we've seen from this rookie wide receiver. Something that we haven't seen since. uh, I don't want to get expectations too high, but something we haven't seen from a rookie wide receiver since like nineteen
1: ninety eight. Yeah, it's and it's kind. That's a fair comparison because you look at the role that Thielen is playing for him as his mentor and the way that Thielen uh, plays the game, you could argue that there's kind of the dichotomy of, of that Carter and Randy Moss had too. um, kind of a possession guy that catches everything thrown his way. Great hands, great body control. Obviously Thielen, you know, idolized both Carter and Moss growing up. There's a ton of great pictures of him, you know, wearing those jerseys.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and, um, it's just been, I mean, speaking of trades, it's, it's looking like one of those rare trades that was win-win for both sides, which you don't see a lot in the NFL.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you don't see a lot of trades, period. But, I mean, when it comes to Jefferson, the things that we're seeing are just astounding. I mean, I'll be completely honest. And I may have mentioned this last week. I've been going around and doing basically a crow eating, uh, party on each of my radio appearances (laughs) because I was pretty down on Jefferson. I didn't like the pick. I, I've been, uh, very, uh, befuddled by their inability or their willing, lack of willingness to, to draft offensive linemen and fix that problem. And I just felt like he was a one dimensional reach, a la, uh, Laquan Treadwell, um, very similar pick. Uh, you know, people were saying he's the most pro ready guy, whatever that means. Um, you know, he just ran a lot of slots stuff in his monster year his his last year at at LSU and so I thought how is he going to acclimate to press coverage when he was just running free off the line all the time on the best offense in college football history? And he's I mean, if you look at some of the the, the catches he's made, it's almost in every scenario possible against man against zone, guys bumping him off the line, um in motion, guys playing 10 yards off you know, going against the nickel, going against the guys on the outside. It's just every single type of opportunity and he's been incredibly efficient. I mean he hasn't had a ton of looks, you know, it's not like they're they're throwing the ball his way fourteen times a game or anything and he's mm-hmm. just putting up these monster gaudy numbers that he did um at at, at L S U last year. So it's it's it just feels like, you know, when you watch the last two weeks of what this offense has done, granted they they ended up losing um, against the Titans, that there's something kind of special going on there. There's a formula to build around. There's something to get excited about. Perhaps not. I mean, it'll be fun to watch this season, but it it seems like uh, this is kind of a a two to three year um, kind of reboot, if you want to call it that. Uh, Mm -hmm. not a rebuild so much, Um, but it's already looking like, man, they got something special cooking here. And I think uh, also Cousins deserves a little bit of perhaps credit or at least less heat uh, because he was just getting slammed by everybody. And he's, um, you know, he's been distributing the ball relatively well to to Jefferson um, too.
0: Let's talk about the Vikings' second-half struggles. Uh, other than the Green Bay game, which was basically garbage time for the Vikings the entire second half, Vikings have been outscored in the second half in each of their last three games, Tennessee, Houston, and uh, who's the other one I'm missing? Tennessee,
1: Houston, and uh, uh, Indiana Indianapolis.
0: That, that's the other one, yep. Indy outscored the Vikings in the second half as well. Uh, the uh, second-half struggles, is is that more of, of, of teams taking a different a, – making adjustments in the locker room, or is that just the Vikings coming out flat and not uh, keeping their pedal to the metal?
1: I think it's a combination. I mean, if you look at, you know, I think that the impetus for all the, the, the... the bad second half they've had really have all started on the first drive of the second half. The Packers game was actually the best drive that they had. Um, first drive of the second half, eight plays, twenty six yards. Uh, they didn't. They ended up uh, having to punt, but they flipped the field position. Um, that was kind of ended due to penalties. The Indianapolis game was was two plays for zero yards, four seconds, and it ended on the the, the uh, interception that bounced off Ola B.C. Johnson's hands. Um, <clears throat> the Titans game was the pick six, one play, zero yards, Six seconds that was a miscommunication with uh, the with Jefferson and then uh the Texans game uh three plays for four yards and it was a two-minute drive somehow so it, it, it if you look at those drives they've tried to do different things Kubiak's tried to either you know uh rebuild Cousins confidence because of how the the first half ended in those first two games um just awful end of those second halves uh so on and so forth so I think part of it is isn't uh fully the game plan because i think they've tried a couple different things i just think that you know this line um offensive line isn't that great um the vikings under zimmer historically haven't done a very good job of of adjusting to halftime adjustments, mm-hmm. and so i think that, that this line breaks down uh over time and and uh the they just get more and more pressure or they you know it's just stuff that that are drive killers, but there's been penalties, all sorts of just bad football. Um, I think some of that is the lack of a preseason and and these guys not uh, necessarily being in game shape either.
0: Okay, let's talk about uh, a topic now. Uh, Kirk Cousins' primetime game in Seattle, kind of a a perfect storm of of, of bad things that Vikings fans uh, go to to talk about. We, we know Kirk Cousins struggles. Uh, in primetime games, we know the Vikings struggles uh, in Seattle. Seahawks 4 0. Vikings have, have never beaten Russell Wilson since he came into the league out of Wisconsin. Uh, but I think the a, a critical X factor for the Vikings is usually Central link Field, one of the loudest in the NFL, and no fans going to be at the Link this Sunday night. Do you think that has a, a, a huge impact on the game?
1: I do. I mean, um, Bruce Irvin, uh, was interviewed about that. He, I think his quote was, that's terrible. That's bad, bro, which I think would be a good t shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the, it's also Pete Carroll, their head coach, literally came out and said this past week, um, or perhaps the week before that he was hoping that the people in Seattle, whenever there's a big play, uh, sacking the quarterback, that people in Seattle will, will open, uh, their front door or the front window and start screaming to basically get the entire town yelling uh, uh-huh. to maybe offset some of that sound. Uh, he, he was kind of tongue in cheek, but I think that, you know, obviously that's if not the loudest venue in the NFL, one of the loudest venues um, outside of, you know, like Arrowhead or something, or it's kind of what I miss about the metronome, to be honest. It was mm-hmm. just incredibly loud there. Um, and, and that's, it's a huge boon for teams like, like, the Vikings going in there and, and being able to actually, you know, hear hear yourself think, um, but I will say that when it comes to Cousins, uh, God, I'm going to come off like such a Cousins defender on on this show or every show, I guess, uh, but if. There's been a few articles uh, that people can look up on my site or just anywhere on Google uh, that if you look at his, Cousins' actual performance in primetime games, he uh, plays better than his average in terms of PFF ranking or any statistics. So um, it's just kind of a weird compilation of events as to why, like his Monday Night fo- he's never won a Monday Night Football game, for example, which is just a, it would just kind of a random happenstance you would think because Monday Night Football doesn't always tell you that the team you're playing is, this or that good bad division you know what I mean Um, it just happens to be on Monday night they try try to get interesting matchups sure so that might lean a little bit more but you know they're scheduled before the season and you never know what's going to happen week 13 on Monday night so um, you know I I think that he has done better in that regard Um, but I also think that if people look at each game he's actually performed better than his average.
0: I, I found a fun stat on Kirk Cousins, by the way. Uh, Nick Foles has two game-winning drives in three games as a Chicago Bear. Uh, the, the, the other uh, yeah. one, one company last night. Kirk Cousins has one game-winning drive as a Viking. Uh, yeah. in three years.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on Twitter last night too. Uh, it was one of those things where it's like, how can I? Uh, you know, I was, I was one of the first. I was actually the first person in Vikings media to call for the Vikings to grab him and i understand that you know he's got this label of things need to be perfect around him for Mm -hmm. him to 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 move the chains Uh, which which i won't deny is the truth but that was sort of the case when they brought him in here right outside of the offensive line there's just a lot of talent they need to be the guy who get the ball to him um and again i think we're seeing some semblance of that does that mean he's worth 45 million dollars guaranteed of course not Mm. um but that's kind of the, the the penalty you pay when you can't Draft a quarterback that you develop yourself in what since 1978? The Vikings have, haven't have had a quarterback play back to back 16 game seasons, yeah. so uh, I guess that's kind of where we're at. But we could have drafted Russell Wilson, so
0: we could right there. Yeah, there's a lot of guys, a, a lot of coulda, woulda, should is when it comes to <laughs> to, to quarterbacks. <laughs> well, so, some guys that the Vikings do find deep in the draft are defensive players, one of those being Daniil Hunter. What's the latest status on uh, the former third round pick?
1: It is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was uh, spotted uh, via social media in New York City uh, this week. He uh, stopped out at this hospital for special surgery that's actually run by the team doctor of the New York Giants. Uh, Zimmer later came out and said that was a second opinion. Um, they recommended that he not play uh, at all for the rest of the season. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and then Pel- Tom Palliser from NFL Network. Uh, Tweeted that uh, he's going to be on IR for a, quote unquote a while with a herniated disc in his neck, but optimism is still high that he'll be back at some point this season from the team. But you look at like the lack of moves they've made. You know, a lot of people on Vikings Twitter or on the internet were upset that they didn't make a move for uh, Snacks Harrison, yep. that gigantic uh, nose tackle. Who the, the argument was from people saying we can't afford him essentially that's why he wasn't on the team but then seattle signs up to his practice squad which isn't typically where you stash somebody who isn't on like a veteran minimum type situation and it just feels like if they didn't make that move they're essentially just going to let this defense uh you know it's a trial by fire see what you got at the end of the season so on and so forth but you know a lot of people aren't looking at the fact that they expanded the playoffs this year and 14 teams are going to make the playoffs yeah um and it's The Vikings, if the draft were held today, would, I think, have the 12th pick. You know, there's just a lot of bad teams this year so far. And they're not that far off from being on the cusp of of being a playoff team. But, I mean, I almost respect the fact that they're saying that's not what their goals are. So why get a guy who's going to be 32 and Snacks Harrison and and do that when – it's a temporary move, and you're not going to have Daniel Hunter back anyway. And now Barr is out, and it's looking like Kendricks won't play this weekend, so on and so forth. Uh, it's it, it's a learning year, I think, uh, and people are starting to understand that uh, in the fans and kind of getting less angry and more uh, moral victory with E, which I'm not a huge fan of, but right. uh, I guess that's kind of what we're doing this year.
0: What's the injury situation look like for uh, for defensive backs because because they, they've been kind of tore up this year too.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of a good news bad news situation. Um Mike Hughes uh, who's the the uh one of the elder statesmen the, I guess. the veteran which, say, which uh... is just sad to say, yeah, the veteran. <laughs> yeah. He can't even rent a car yet. Um <laughs> he's missed a couple games obviously. He's going to be uh he's been uh, practicing in full this week. Uh, he's been out with a neck injury. Uh but the other elder statesman Holton Hill uh was downgraded uh this week and I believed uh, was a limited participant, and he might not play, uh, he has a, uh, an issue with his foot. Or if he does play, it'll be sparingly. Um, so, you know, you have uh, that situation. But I think the biggest issue is going to be if Kendricks can't play, which he's come out and said all these things that he fully expects to play, but he didn't practice yesterday or the day before, uh, and that's usually not a good sign if they don't make it by Thursday. Um, they'll that It'll be rough because this Seattle offense is
0: good. Yeah, Seattle offense featured Russell Wilson and Chris Carson and and DK Metcalf. What do the Vikings have to do to beat the the Seahawks on Sunday night?
1: I think the key is just going to come down to getting pressure on 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 Wilson. I mean, he's been sacked eleven times, which is relatively high. Um, You know, they like you said they have DJ Metcalf first in the NFL in in yards with over four hundred uh Tyler Lockett is, is third in the mm-hmm. league with, with four touchdowns. Their number three guy, David Moore, is averaging seventeen yards a catch. Metcalf is averaging over twenty five yards a catch like Justin Jefferson. Um and just looking at the injury report or just how the season has gone, there's no way that the Vikings are going to be able to keep up with those guys on a consistent basis, especially when you have a running back like Carson who's averaging, you know, four and a half yards a carry. Um, and so really it's going to come down to can Zimmer scheme something against Carroll that will um, put pressure on, on Russell Wilson. And then hopefully if they can win the turnover battle, uh, they can make something happen here. But I think, um, you know, Seattle is good, but they haven't played – The the team they're you know four and zero but those four teams that they played have a combined record of four and twelve, and their defense is giving up twenty seven over twenty seven points a game. So um, it'll be a good test to see both where the Vikings are at, but also I think it'll expose some of these fallacies in regards to Seattle's defense, like the the third best rush defense in the NFL. um, I think they have a good rush defense, but also. Their their defense is the most passed against um, in in the NFL because teams are playing from behind, and so they're it. just not running the ball that often. You know, so it's kind of a skewed stat that way. Um, that's not to say that they're not good. I mean, they are, but they they're also dealing with a ton of injuries on their secondary. Um, uh, you know, they're they're going to be out uh, without their big uh, safety, the Jamal Adams, that they traded for this offseason. You know, Nico Thorpe is, hasn't participated. Uh, Shaq Griffin. Uh, Quentin Dunbar have either been limited or not participated so uh, the Vikings to make some hay it's just going to come down to whether or not they can they can bottle up uh, what Russell Wilson is able to do and that's a tall order ironically because he's not a tall man right
0: Joe Johns for vikings com. check out vikings com and find their new podcast featuring Mike Wabshaw three deep with Wabi uh first episode was was last night right what what, what do you and Wabi get into on the on the new podcast
1: up uh, anything and everything. Um, so we're going to be usually uh, rolling on Wednesday nights live so people can tune in at 8 p.m. Um, just by going to our site or following us on social media. But I wanted people to kind of hear on the first episode Wabi's thoughts on things that he's missed because I think he's been such an omnipresent voice in Vikings media mm-hmm. uh, that it's been strange for people not to have him around in, in, in training camp um, and, and things like that. But the plan is, again, to have a, a rotating third guest host. And so last night, uh, we had one of our managing editors on, Deshaun Vaughn, who they got really deep into statistics and and breaking down the Seahawks matchup. Um, You know, the the vibe of the show will be different depending on on who the guest is, whether it's Mike Tice or uh, Chad Greenway or so on and so forth. And so I think people will like it because it'll give uh, a little bit of everything that people like, stats, you know, game breakdowns. Um, me ranting uh, without taking a breath, so on and so forth. <laughs> I assume people like that. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything to affirm it, but I'm, I'm holding out hope. Uh, but yeah, I think people will, will really enjoy it. It's a it's a it's a quick a thirty minute uh, way to start your day.
0: Yep, three d with going. Hawaii available now on vikingsterritory.com. dot com. Joe, will chat again next week, hopefully uh, about about uh, another Vikings win, a two game winning streak for the Vikings. How does that sound?
1: it be that would be great and uh, and a little crazy if that that could really flip the season on its head. So let's let's hope.
0: Let's hope is right. Uh, Joe Johnson, vikingsterritory.com, dot com joins us every. Friday here on the Sports Wrap usually in the second half that's because we've got a special treat in the second half of the Sports Wrap today uh, I had a conversation with head coach of the Laker football team Josh Omang uh, earlier this morning where we we replay that interview with with Coach Omang talk about some of the changes with Laker football and practices and preview tonight's kickoff against the Thief River Falls Prowlers come up second half of the wrap here on KDLM
3: wolf with nfl network now on the westwood one radio network the buccaneers and bears kicked off week five in the windy city momentum blew back and forth with five lead changes but in the end a cairo santos 38 yard field goal late in the game gave the bears the 20 to 19 win nick Foles improved to 2-0 over tom brady in the rematch of super bowl 52 quarterbacks in Los Angeles, Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn announced Justin Herbert will be the team's starting quarterback moving forward. Two scheduling changes for Week 5 were announced by the NFL on Thursday as a result of COVID-19 cases affecting multiple NFL teams. The Broncos at Patriots game originally scheduled for Sunday is now happening Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. And Sunday's Bills at Titans contest now set to be played on Tuesday at 7 Eastern. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network.
4: This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Tonight's the start of high school football in Minnesota. We'll get reaction from Gopher head coach PJ Fleck next. My answer
0: to what's for dinner? Cub pickup. They have my favorite ready to eat meals fresh made salads, rotisserie chicken, tons of easy and quick meal options. Everybody gets what they want, and I don't have to cook. I shop online at shop.cub.com or on the Cub app, and I pick up my order on my way home from work. They even bring it right to my car, and my grocery pickup is free all month long. Now that's my Cub,
4: my way. Here's Golden Gopher head coach P.J. Fleck on high school football returning to Minnesota. I think it's wonderful that the high school here in the state of Minnesota is back on. I think it's wonderful for the seniors as long as it can be done in a very safe environment. Nobody wants just foolish decisions. They want well-thought-out, educated decisions to be able to keep everybody safe. But I'm a football coach. You're asking a football coach about how's it feel to have high school football back in the state? I love it. Uh, football's done so much for my life. It's done so much for so many of our coaches' lives and our players' lives. It's given avenues to places we've only dreamed of being, both on the field and off the field. So it's wonderful to be back. Uh, I think it's great for people's mental health to be back around a team, playing something that's normal for them. You know, some of us that coach football, play football, that's our normalcy. And When that's gone, we don't really know what to do with ourselves. And sometimes in high school, it's the same thing. You take high school sports away for whatever reason it is, that's that form of normalcy that people have. That's a form of of helping kids get away from certain environments that maybe they really need to get away from. It's their escape. And to have that back, I think it's really healthy. It's really positive for the state of Minnesota. But I also understand of how long it took to get to this point and every decision was made for the health and safety and well-being For all the players on that field and all their families and anybody they come in contact with. That's P.J. Fleck, and that's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm.
0: 1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Sports Wrap. On a Friday morning, high school football tonight on KDLM Lakers opening their season against the Thief River Falls Prowlers at Moberg Field. 5.30 pregame show. It's not even able to make it to the game. 6 o'clock kickoff right here on KDLM. I had an opportunity to chat with uh, head coach of Laker football team, Josh Omang, earlier this morning talking about uh, the, the changes, the uh, the long 11 months it's been since this team has taken the field, the uh, the different protocols, and and the, the will-they-won't-they they mentality it's come to high school football where it's moved uh, to the spring and then move back to the fall and what can we do and what can't we do and eventually leading up to tonight we'll preview the season and and some uh, we'll talk about some kids that he uh, expect to take a, a leadership role as well. Here's my interview with Coach Josh O'Mang of the Laker football team from earlier this morning. Talking with head coach of the Laker football team, Josh O'Mang. How are you doing, Josh?
2: Hey, doing good. How about you?
0: Doing well. It's it's it, it's been a, a crazy. I don't know, six, seven months for, for anyone involved uh, in, in in high school education and especially in coaching with, with COVID-19, uh, shutting things down last March and then kind of a, a will they, won't they approach the things since like August 4th with the MSHSL moving football to the spring but saying you can practice and then moving football from the spring uh, back to October. What's this been like on on not just you and your coaching staff but the uh, the guys as well?
2: yeah good question. um boy it, it's yeah, I mean it's been I think you know it's a challenge to say the least. Um, and that's one of the things we're we're always trying to work on, right is the more than football piece. and you know also it's it was definitely a major adversity, right, to find out that we're playing in the spring and then uh, you know a short time later to find out that well, actually we're not playing in the spring. Um, we're gonna start playing, you know, in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, we just the whole time we just tried to do the best job we could to, to work with our kids and just talk about, you know, what, hey, whatever happens, we're gonna be ready to go, and and that's kind of our our mo, anyways, even on a normal year. So so you know, it's just, a, I guess, it's one of those chances where it's a real a real life adversity. You know what I mean? Sometimes you talk about it and if you're not actually facing them, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's hard to, to just explain that sometimes, but this has definitely been one of those. And, you know, our kids have done a really good job. I mean, we, we were doing the fall practice, uh, period as well before we started. Um, and, uh, you know, during that time, it was, it was, we had a, a, one of those exposures here which which then I had to uh, quarantine it was during workshop week so then I had to be gone from practice too so you know we we've had the whole whole experience of it here uh, in the last couple of weeks so so yeah but other than that I mean our kids have done a really good job of handling it and you know we got procedures yesterday we were out there simulating you know the masks and what we're going to do in pregame and you know, just all those things we can control. So,
0: what are some uh, in which ways have, have practice changed? Because uh, obviously, probably not able to, to to be in the trenches as as much as you'd like. Uh, what what does a a typical high school practice look like in this new normal?
2: Well, I'll tell you, when we first started, boy, it was you know that was really a challenge because it was all um, they were still under the the touch thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. we we weren't quite sure on the touching and stuff, and so uh, when we were doing stuff this summer, it was it didn't look really at all like the practices we had in the past, you know. I mean, it was just a lot of individual stuff where you could. Uh, you know, sanitize the ball, spread apart, you know, the linemen were doing a lot of stuff on air because they weren't quite sure, you know, how how the pad deal was going to work, if you could even use them. Um, But as we got farther along in the fall practice period and stuff, the guidelines changed a little bit, you know, and, and one of the things we did was we just started telling our kids, you know, let's just practice wearing masks all the time. Uh, We're going to, there was at the time, there was a higher standard from the, from the national federation, which was that, you know, if we were to ever play, we were going to be required to wear masks. So we, we kind of took the stance that, Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to prepare, you know, like that's going to be the rule. And if it's not, then awesome. Then we're going to be even better. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just kind of talked about that, you know, and, and, you know, as you know, that has turned into a, a political thing, and I, I've just been real honest from the beginning that that's we're not interested in that. We're not going to make it a, a political thing. We're, we're just going to wear masks. That's who we are. That's what we're doing. That's what I expect, and we're doing it because we want to have a season, and that's one of the things we can do um, to ensure that we can do that, right? And and even with that, uh, I mean, I think you're seeing teams already canceling games and stuff. So. So that's kind of one of the only things we can control, so we better do it, right?
0: Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the upcoming season. Thief River Falls tonight. Uh, always a lot of question marks when it comes to week one of a new season. Uh, a, a lot of seniors, a lot of leadership graduating uh, last mm-hmm. summer. Uh, who are some kids you're expecting to have big breakout seasons this year and, and take uh, the leadership role that a Max Gunderson and an Isaiah Thompson and a Gabe Hannon and, and a, a Micah Solberg had last year?
2: Yeah, so we have Solberg's younger brother, who you know was the he had that pick six in the section championship. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a really good player for us, good leader. Um, we have Caden Yel same thing. Started last year as a sophomore at corner, so those guys are super experienced. You know, they played every game last year. Um, we have uh, Jake Green also, who boy, he's changed his body. I think he'll be people are going to be surprised by him. Um, he's, a, he's, he's a hard runner, right? He's similar to a Gabe type. Um, and, you know, we, we have Andrew Annette coming back, and we also have Andre Barnett. And, Andre, uh, you know, this is one of the things that happens when the adults make these decisions, right? There's always ramifications. So we told kids we weren't playing. So um, because of that, people made decisions, you know, and when you reverse that, we have we had an issue there because dre uh was going to have his knee sculpt he had a little thing going on so it's not a major thing but mm-hmm. he won't be able to play tonight because you know that was a total decision made based on the original um you know delay to spring or whatever but right. you know we're we're certainly we feel good about those guys and we have uh, Matthew Topkin at quarterback who you know last year in that first game he came in and we're having all those cramping issues. I mean, Matthew's been just one of those kids who's done a good job, right? For three years, he comes, works every day. You know, the last couple of years, especially two years ago, it wasn't yeah. always pretty, but you know what? He never gave up, and boy, he's looking good. i I feel good about him uh, back there, quarterback for us. So I mean, we have we we have a lot of athletes, you know, and I think the concern. Here to the, to start for us is going to be on the line. To be honest, you know, kind of with Dre not being there tonight and um, just working through some of those things. So um, I guess that's where my worry is for now. But you know, it, the other side of that is is we we have a lot of younger kids that are going to be starting. You know, sophomores. Mm-hmm. We even have a few freshmen up with us. Um, and you know, I just know from experience that. We just keep working with those guys, and by the end, we could be pretty darn good,
0: you know. What do we know about the prowlers tonight? What do they bring to the table?
2: Well, you know, they we've had some good. I was just telling the kids last night, we've had some historic games against Thief. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. I know that maybe that hasn't been the case in the last couple of years, but the last thing you want to do is is you know just think that well, it's just Thief because they have some tough kids, you know, and they have some big dudes. Their line is all back from last year. Um, you know, so, I mean, what what is more of the concern for me is just that all of the football, I think, that I've seen at every level uh, under these conditions has been a little bit sloppy and probably not as sharp as it normally would, you know, with the, with what you could normally do. You know, mm-hmm. so we're here we are, we're squeezing our fall camp, And our first week of practice into you know nine days and boy that makes a big difference not a lot get that (laughs) scrimmage you know I mean and just physically and and so I guess that's kind of my worry with them is that they're bringing their whole pretty much their whole offensive and defensive line back and here we are you know maybe struggling right now uh at that position so I mean that you know that old saying, you know, games are won and lost in the trenches, That that's true a lot of times. And so, you know, we'll have to be uh, ready to go on that part.
0: Well, Coach, good luck against the Prowlers tonight. We'll be cheering you on. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans listening, too, with the limited fans available. I'm, I'm sure we'll get some people outside the fence tonight as well, but uh, we're ready for high school football. we we'll be back in the Lakes area.
2: Yeah, I I said that since I came back here. You know, our, I just love having you guys cover us and all the stuff you do. There's so many towns uh, in the state that don't have a radio station that does what you guys do. Uh, so you know, you, know, you don't uh, people take that for granted too. I think. And so, until you have something like this happen, where you know you can't come to the game and you want to want to have your games covered. Uh, uh, that, that was not a concern for me, so I really appreciate that because I know that, like where I was at in the cities, they didn't have a radio station, so I don't know what they're going to do, right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. going to stream it, obviously, but it's not the same having you guys there and, you know, knowing us, knowing the kids, and and just doing a good job, so I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we appreciate you guys too. Coach, good luck tonight.
2: You bet. Thanks.